BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Cheering at pro wrestling shows in Japan is back. And 2023 is already shaping up to be a big year in the history of pro res. That's why you should listen to the Emerald Flow Show. From the Royal Road to the Green Mat, Paul and Gerard take you into the world of All Japan Pro Wrestling and Pro Wrestling NOAA. Not only do we analyze events, but we examine business, who is getting over, what angles are working, or not. Occasionally, we take a look at other Japanese promotions like DDT and Zero One. So if you're looking for more coverage of the world of Japanese wrestling, check out the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Available on all of your favorite podcast apps. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Here we go! Listening to the Emerald Flow Show on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 37 of the Emerald Flow Show. We're a podcast on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. You can follow us on Twitter at Emerald Flow Show, and you can listen to us on all of your favorite podcast apps. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. And if you're feeling generous, you can go to voicesofwrestling.com slash donate to donate to the show. I'm Gerard Detroit here with Paul Vosch. Paul, uh, we're doing a quick turnaround this time, but there's really a lot <laughs> to talk about. Yes, no, no, it's a it's a very quick turnaround. I mean, it's really like it's like 
three days since we last recorded, I think. We recorded on what, Wednesday or Thursday? Yeah, we recorded on Thursday and it's Sunday now. So yeah, yeah. very quick turnaround. Well, it's enough has happened and we've been in, and we found something else yeah. to fill out the other half of the show too. Yeah. And I and I went to a I went to a concert actually. Oh, <laughs> but that's yeah, right. How like was it? A lot of stuff. Yeah. How was the concert? It was amazing. It was Lordy, Baby Metal, and Sabaton, and uh, yeah, it was absolutely awesome. All three of them. That's quite the combination. <laughs> they fit they fit together better than I thought they would, especially Baby Metal and Sabaton. Like I love both of them, but it didn't fit that like they would actually kind of complement each other. Like I think they're both like really like flashy bands. I think they actually like work well as like like I think Baby Metal actually works really well as support for Sabaton, and then Sabaton just absolutely tore the house down for two hours. Hmm. And so uh, we've got a lot to get to, but something we missed on our last episode, Paul, Koji Iwamoto's return to pro wrestling. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm excited about that. I, I'm really curious what he's going to do now. And uh, but he's not in all Japan because I think yes. his contract expired probably at the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he had uh, one, I think it was reported that he had one more year left and that he was just going to take that entire contract year off basically and was going to be a free agent. But he's basically returning on June 18th at a Keiichi Sato produce where it's him and Sato versus a K- Kotaro Suzuki and uh, Daimonji So. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm really curious because I think, remember like back when he was like starting to take a hiatus, like we were kind of like throwing around ideas what he might do. And my idea was that he was just going to pop up and great. But it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like that's the case. But I mean, I mean, we're actually going to talk about some big Japan as well because something I might be curious about because um, Fuminori Abe is also a free agent. Like he left Basara as well at the end of the year, and mm-hmm. Abe and and uh, Iwamoto came up together in uh, Sportiva back right. in the day. Because I remember like when both of them were like pretty new and both of them were like starting to get booked by all Japan. I was actually hoping that, like, because like, they have, like, really good chemistry. I was actually hoping that both of them would get signed. And then mm-hmm. Abba went to Basara instead. So I'm wondering if maybe if something gets started, they both might, like, join up with that. Yo, you think something else is going to start? I don't, I don't think anything major, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's, like, they're going to work together in some ways. Because, again, like, I know that they haven't really done that much together like in the last years, but I think they're still like, like they both joined the Dojo, I think pretty much like the Sportiva, like Jim, like pretty much at the same time. So there's obviously still like a connection there. And they're both free agents now at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think it's possible that Iwamoto returns to All Japan now that uh, a certain someone is gone? <laughs> I, I wouldn't be shocked about that either. Yeah. Like, I, I can tell you which promotion he won't be popping in, and it's Kyushu Pro. I'm pretty <laughs> sure about that. I mean, that's assuming that Tajiri was the source of all of these problems, which uh, not a bad guess. I, I no, know. I mean, given that like that, pretty much like Nomura made his return the moment Tajiri got cooed out of power. I think it's a pretty strong sign. Yeah, definitely, and also we thought he was finished with pro wrestling to become a bodybuilder, but Ryoma. Ryoma Sukumoto is returning on uh, what's the date here? Um, well, it's in it's in hard hit. He's coming back in uh, I think June or May. 
I mean, that is all Japan adjacent. Like, again, it's run by Hikaru Sato. Uh, yeah. So it's sort of weird, I think, but because uh, I thought his knee was sort of fucked. <laughs> I mean, if you kind of want to like try it out, going to like something like hard hit, you know, where you just work like what four times, six times a year, I think max, like you don't run much worse than that. Like if you really want to like see if your if your body can hold up, I think that's like a perfect way to like test that out. I think OG Shiva actually did something similar because he left Dragon Gate with like loads of like injury problems as well. Yeah, and I think like a couple of his first matches were like in hard hit as well. And then when he like felt more comfortable, that's when he like started and branching out and appeared like all Japan as well. So yeah, you know maybe maybe that's what this is, and or maybe he just wants to be a weekend warrior, which. I guess if you've already had like knee problems, that might also, and you still, but you still want to continue wrestling, might also right. be the worst idea. That's very possible. So we'll have to see what happens to Iwamoto and Sukamoto. Uh, but since we're on the topic of someone with knee injuries, Paul, we also forgot to mention this. Naoya uh, uh, Nomura did a live stream on his Instagram where he said he hasn't had knee surgery yet because his knee got infected. That's really bad. That's and he's really, going to be really up bad. for even longer. Yeah, I that I mean, when the first knee injury happened, I was like, I, I feel hopeful that he's coming back. But if the knee is getting infected, that's really not a good sign. That's that's gonna make things so much worse. Yeah. So he hasn't even had surgery yet. So I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna bother to. No, no. I think <laughs> try to he's, Yeah, he's out yeah. until further the notice. Like and, if and... he comes back at all, I think it's good at this point. Yeah, and uh, I think, unfortunately, uh, I was a little hopeful when he did return, but I think the ship has sailed on him, even if he yeah, does come back. Yeah. Because No, uh, I think especially with all the young guys and everything. And possibly someone else that we're going to talk about a lot on this upcoming show. Yeah. yeah. So that's very unfortunate. But uh, obviously, you know, Naoya is one of my favorites, so I wish him very yeah. well in his recovery, and I hope to see him back in the ring. Yeah, that, he, this is going to be such a, like, big what if, if, like people start looking back at this era of like all Japan in like 10 years or so. Yeah. Uh, he will, he's definitely the biggest, what if, um, which is truly a shame, but, but I mean, it wasn't even the pandemic. It, he legitimately had a very bad neck injury and yeah. everything like yeah. that. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't even get to it. Like he skipped the pandemic complete, like by accident completely. Yeah. Um, which, uh, you know, and then he made some questionable choices. Yeah, as he was getting back fair, into, I don't, I don't, I don't fault him for like going to the basement because I think that was a similar. Let's test out if my body can hold up before I like go somewhere bigger. Yeah, definitely. All right, so what? The reason why we were recording only like three days later again, <laughs> Champion Carnival Finals at Oda City General Gymnasium, Paul, in front of two thousand four hundred and thirty-seven fans. Great number. That blew away my expectations. I yeah. thought if they get to 2000, that would be a big success. But damn, they beat the... Uh, they beat New Japan. They beat the New Japan 51st anniversary show, which was Bishamon yeah. versus Okada and Tanahashi. And they were about yeah. 300 less than uh, New Year's Dash. Yeah, and we we should mention well that it apparently was like pouring rain in Tokyo that day. So there yes. was basically no walk-up. Uh, yeah, so that's impressive. And I... And honestly, I was looking, I don't know, this is not an exact science, but there was a lot 
when you go to the tickets, it's like plenty available. There's only a few left and sold out. Only like the front row was sold out. And there was a lot of like, you know, more general admission style stuff available. So I was a little skeptical Mm -hmm. that they would, they would set a record like this. (laughs) That's what I should say, basically. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is their biggest number since like, like really far back because well before the pandemic they didn't they haven't really run that building since like 2014. Mm-hmm. Well, there was the 50th anniversary show. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, but before that, the next biggest attendance was February 2020. No, sorry, February 2019, which was uh, Suwama versus Kento at uh yokohama the old yokohama bunker oh sorry oh you mean like in terms of like the general attendance i was yes. talking about the old i was talking about Ottawa. oh no no i'm yeah no <laughs> no but yeah this is the best attendance in like a long time like excluding the 50th anniversary yeah uh so that's a very good sign i think um and uh well uh i thought the show was pretty good yeah, no, I, I really like the show as well. It was long, though. It was really long. <laughs> yeah, well, that was a completely unnecessary intermission they took. That Yeah, that I don't know what happened there. Like, like the Big Japan intermission wasn't that long, and they had to, like, clean up after death matches. Yeah, I know. Oh, well. I See, you know, I was thinking long and hard about this during this intermission, and I wonder that they do these intermissions on these big shows like this because they are trying to get every single last yen of merch sales they can. Yeah. And I mean, we've heard reports that like the checky lines and everything for Anzai are already pretty long. So if you have... Oh, and, and Unagi's checky lines anything, were probably... Like, Unagi's yeah. checky lines probably too. Yeah. So uh, they were probably like selling a boatload of merch and just wrung the people dry. And then when they were sure that everyone was actually back, they restarted <laughs> the show. Yeah, that would not shock me if that was some of the uh, logic behind it. So we start off with uh, the New Japan Young Line team of Yuto Nakajima, Ryohei Oiwa, and Kosei Fujita. They defeated Ryuki Honda, Ryo Inoue, and Ojishiba in 9 minutes and 30 seconds with an arm lock from Fujita on Inoue. Paul, this was another one of those great like New Japan lions coming in and fucking things up. Yeah, no, this this was just... This was violent. This was surprising. This was more violent than some of the death matches in uh, in Big Japan. Uh, N- N- uh, Nakashima got busted open, like his mouth. Yeah, and yeah, no, this was, this was just they were just there was some hatred here. This felt like an act. Like this feels like an actual feud, despite yeah. the fact that it's just like a bunch of young guys. And the biggest young boy isn't even involved in this. Like, Anzai is kind of, like, out of the feud now, which is, like, even weirder. Yeah, uh, because they decided to, like, play up Honda and Nakashima instead. Which, I mean, that's a nice thing to, like, transition to. Like, if you, like, I mean, and that's also, like, an easy, nice win to, like, give Honda as well, if you want to do that as a singles match at some point. Mm-hmm. There's less politics on that one, because Honda is, like, not a young guy. Yeah. So yeah, maybe, but I I still want to see that Nakashima enzyme match. <laughs> no, that's um, but yeah, I mean, like you know, if you got to pick and choose, you got to watch this. Yeah. No, no, usual, no, definitely. Like... You could skip towards the end, but like you should like watch that beginning one as well. 
Yeah. Next up, we had the junior special six-man tag match. Aski Oyagi, Rising Hayato, and Al Lindemann defeated Kaido Ishida, Kotaro Suzuki, and Yutani of Black Generation International in 11 minutes and 36 seconds when it, Atsuki used a fireboard splash on uh, Suzuki. Um, this wasn't quite as heated as that first match, but it was still a pretty good like junior six-man. Mm-hmm. But you're surprised uh, Suzuki was taking the pin and not Yutani. Uh, yes, I was actually. But I guess it makes sense due to what happened later because they wanted to give Atsuki a bit more of a statement win, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, I thought in this match it would just be like Lindemann pinning one of the, <laughs> yeah, that, the that other was a good opinion. <laughs> great guys just for that. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, this was, this was good. Um, but uh, I would have, well, we'll talk about this in a bit, but I would have had this a little later on the card. <laughs> yeah, think. no, there were definitely other things that you probably could have put into this spot. Maybe like a nice single smash or something. <laughs> Uh, yes, definitely. Oh, and uh, a report uh, from Adam Croydon, who is in the uh, VOW Discord. He said he was at the show and that uh, Hayato is extremely over among the young women. Yeah, I mean, that surprised me. Like, that's the exact type of character that Dragon Gate has made an absolute shitload of money off of the years. Like, I'm surprised no one's really tried and copied that over the years, but I think finally all Japan is like realizing it's like, oh yeah, if you just have this kind of character, there's like a specific type of woman that will just go absolutely bonkers and basically buy everything, every kind of merch or anything this person ever puts out. Well, they're kind of doing with that Atsuki too. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I was the report, right, that like the Aoyagi's brothers were like even out selling Kento in terms Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, from a month or two ago. And so next up, special uh, six-person tag match. Yoshitatsu, Unagi Sayaka, and Saki defeated Hikaru Sato, Kaori Yonayama, and Yu in 10 minutes and 44 seconds with a diving knee drop from Saki on Yonayama. Uh, so what we seem to be going here with these mixed tag matches in All Japan is we started off relatively serious, and they're mm-hmm. becoming more and more comedy matches each time out. Yeah. This I mean, is the most... we had some... Yeah, at least we had some re- interactions between Unagi and Suwama backstage. So Yes, that was after the show, so that's not dead. But, um, I mean, this was more comedy. Uh, Hakar Sato was in his YMZ gimmick with that. <laughs> what do you even call that piece of clothing? I don't know. The, 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 the sweater, right? Yeah, the turtleneck yeah, the sweater vir- with no sleeves. The, yeah, the, back. The, virgin, the virgin killer sweater, yeah. Yeah, and then Yoshitatsu came out wearing one. And then <laughs> yeah, that, one... that's not a side I really needed to see to be quite honest. And then at one point he put one on Unagi. Yeah. <laughs> now is 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 this the first appearance of pervert pervert Hikaru or like hentai Hikaru Sato or whatever you want to call him in all Japan? I feel like he's done it once or twice, but at like house shows. Never at like a major show, I think. Oh, at Shinkiba probably. Yeah, yeah, I think he's done it at like Shinkiba shows, yeah. But this is like definitely the biggest show he's ever done this on in all Japan. Yes, absolutely. I mean, including YMZ shows. <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's true too. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so but you I know, have actually, I have actually seen Pervert Karasato like very close in action because I actually back in 2019 I actually did go to a YMZ show. <laughs> what was that like? 
it was really fun. It had uh, because it actually had a really good singles match. It had uh, Hikaru Shida versus um, Isami Kodaka as a singles oh, okay. match in the main event. Yeah, that was really good. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, so this had you know a lot of like Sato pervert spots. So you know your mileage may vary on those and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, the last couple minutes were like actually perfectly good wrestling um, from the women. So mm-hmm. leading up to Yoni, we still don't know where we're, where we're actually going with this. But yeah, yeah, but yeah, after backstage, I didn't watch the whole thing, but like uh, Suwama came up to Inagi and like they yelled at each other and stuff like that. So I mean, maybe the Suwama heel turn is not like him getting kicked out of Voodoo Murderers; it's him finally teaming up with Unagi. He's been assessed. Yeah, and Nagi's going to assess him, so uh, it seems to be this deal. And next up, we had Shuji Shikawa, Cyrus, Ren Ayabe, and Oscar Loibe defeated Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima, Mitsuya Nagai, and the smallest X ever, Black Menso Ray, <laughs> uh, with a Fire Thunder driver on Ishikawa on Menso Ray. Should be noted that Menso Ray was the referee for the previous match, and then he, like... <laughs> tried to swerve everyone and then took his shirt off and was like, I'm in the match. Even though the match graphic <laughs> silhouette was clearly Black Mensa Red. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I actually liked that one. I actually thought that was funny. <laughs> um, this, well, I mean, of course, Mensa Ray got like tossed around by the very large men mm-hmm. for a bunch. And then like the last couple of minutes were actually pretty good and Mensa Ray like, held his own against Ishikawa and like got a near fall and stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's always easy to forget that Mensure is just an actually good wrestler. Yes, he is. Um, He's just, it's just doing comedy sports all the time. But whenever he like does get to like properly wrestle, it's really good. Like I would always like call back when he had that uh, gay TV title re- match with uh, Jun Kasai. And they basically just did like a bunch of like comedy spots early on. And then, they just switched over to having a serious match and it actually ended up being really good. And I think, I think Mensure even took off his mask as well in that one. Yes, he did. And then there was that match against um, Sato for the junior title last year because someone got sick. Yeah. Yeah, that was also great, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who was it? Oh, uh, Hiroshi Yamato. He got COVID. Yeah. And then, like, uh, Mensure subbed in, like, two days' notice, and that was also really good. To be fair, I think that's also one of the reasons why he's like in all Japan because he's just a very solid hand that he can put into like whatever position you need him in, and even like a more serious spot if like really big emergencies happen. So yeah, like he's just a great glue guy on the roster. Yeah, I mean, other than that, I like this match. You know, was everyone getting in their spots here? I noticed that mm-hmm. the guy wrestled the least of anyone in this match. I don't even remember a single thing. I just remember him standing just leaning on the top turnbuckle. And that's all I remember him doing, to be honest. Nagai started and he did some stuff against Cyrus, I think. And then like, he just disappeared. Yeah. No, but like the big man, like, yeah. Like them just tossing around Black Man's array. That was a, a ton yeah. of fun. So this was a lot of fun, I thought. Uh, simple mm-hmm. formula, but it was well uh, pulled off. Yeah. Um, next up, we had Minoru Suzuki and Hokuto Omori defeating Yuma Aoyagi and Takao Omori in 8 minutes and 53 seconds with a God-style pile driver on uh, Takao Omori from Suzuki. Uh, the funny thing was at the beginning of this match, uh, Hokuto and Takao started off, and then there was like Omori chants. <laughs> and Hokuto was like, oh, are these for me? 
<laughs> of course it was. <laughs> um, he's such a good prick. Like, that's five star. Like, yeah, he's really good at that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's not much to say about this match. It was a nice little, like, three star no. match and everything like that. Just to put these guys on the show, really, it felt like it. Yeah. I wonder Although if we'll I... ever get a name for the Suzuki Factory. Yeah. Although I suppose, given the talent involved, you could have moved this somewhere up and something else down. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what you're talking about. Yeah, no idea. <laughs> and then we had our intermission. Our long intermission. Do we do we just want to take a break for as long as the intermission? <laughs> no, because our longest episode today. if we do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so uh, when we return from intermission, we had the PWF World Junior Heavyweight Championship. Naruki Doi defeated Dan Tamer in 11 minutes and 58 seconds with the Bakatari sliding kick for the second his second successful defense of the title. I thought this was pretty good. I don't know if it was as good as some of, like, it was definitely not as good as I thought the Hayato or Atsuki matches that Doi had, but still very good. Told the story of, like, you know, Doi had problems keeping Tamara down, but then eventually put him down after, like, what? what's the move he uses to set up the Bakatari? Uh, the TKO. Um, I don't remember what he's calling it. He did like those three, in a, three yeah. of those in a row before you could hit the Bakatari yeah. on. Uh, I really like that as a finish. Like I think Doi, like I think he's done that in all three matches where like he's made like he he made Atsuki Hayato and Dan look really strong in defeat. Well, uh, he used the muscle bomb, muscular bomb on Atsuki. Yeah. So. And then he and uh, Hayato got to kick out of one uh, Bakatari. Oh, that's kick. right. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then he used like the four like three or four like tkos on high uh, on dan before he like hit the bakatari yeah so you know uh i yeah i thought there were, i guess there was less we talked about this on the last episode a slight chance but i didn't really think it was going to happen because um atsuki came out after the match to challenge yeah. and i assume since that match wasn't announced it's going to be on the june Oda award and really it should be yeah yeah and also, they kind of spoiled the outcome of this during intermission when they announced a bunch of upcoming cards. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't, I actually only talked about that in the Discord after the match was finished because mm -hmm. I saw that and I was like, "Oh shit, that's gonna lose!" Because it was just all Doi and Atsuki on opposite sides, and I was like, "Oh yeah, okay. I think I get what's happening here." Yeah, sort of interesting because I don't know where Doi goes from here because he lost in the first round of the King of DDT. Mm -hmm tournament the day before and now it looks like he's going to lose the title so it'd be interesting to see what happens where he bounces to next or i mean he i mean might hang around but what's he going to do i mean i wouldn't be surprised if he's just kind of downcycling himself from now like he he kind of did a bunch of stuff like as a freelancer and like he did a bunch of like really important stuff put a bunch of people over so i wouldn't be surprised if he's just kind of like taking it easier going forward take a few paychecks just to show up instead of doing too much i guess yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see that. I mean, he. I mean, uh, yeah. I unfortunately took a look at the uh, the latest J Stage show. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, guess who were uh, because Doi worked the opener on that one, but uh, guess against who? Unfortunately. Oh really? Yeah, he worked. He worked Joji Otani in the, oh my uh, in the opener. Yeah, uh, yeah. At least he won, I guess. But yeah, that's still. I don't know. That's interesting yeah. that he would be willing to he would be willing to work against him because so many other even small companies won't even touch him. Yeah. 
yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, 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 but I guess it's also like out of the way enough as well because it's like, yeah, it wasn't even like it wasn't even Shinki, but it was like Basement Monster for like <laughs> seventy people. Didn't J like before the pandemic? J stage actually like kind of draw like decent crowds for an indie. Uh, I don't remember anywhere else, but like the Shinkiba show I went to with them, like drew pretty good. Like that was sold out, but that also had strong hearts in the main event. Mm. Next up, we've alluded to this match. <laughs> Kono defeated Manabusoi in eight minutes and 53 seconds with a crossed arm breaker. Now, let me say this. This wasn't like horrible, but it wasn't great either. Kono just moves very slowly at this point and everything like that. So it just sort of killed the the, the flow of the show. Yeah. So mission specialist, my Kono. <laughs> yes. MMA, uh, X, MMA Kono. So this should have been like... Funaki after Bonnet. This should have been like the second or third match of the show. Yeah. No, there, there was no... Re like, I kind of get why they put this here because the other setup match for the tag title match was next. But yeah, I agree that like, you can, you just came off like a really good like title defense, like a really like high speed match as well. Because that match was like go, 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 and then you go to Kono after that, and it just yeah, it really disrupted the flow of the show. Mm -hmm. And then uh next up, uh the All Japan World Tag Team Title Skirmish. Suwama, Jun Saito, and Rei Saito defeated Keno, Hiroki, and Hajime Ohara in 17 minutes and 17 seconds when Suwama used the last ride on Ohara. Paul, I think this was pretty good. You could say mm -hmm. maybe it went a, a couple minutes too long, but I loved every second of the Suwama and Keno stuff, and they have great chemistry. Yeah. No, I I, I actually like this one as well. This exceeded my expectations. Yeah. I actually sure. even like Suwama working with the Noah Juniors. Because he's just so much taller than them. Yeah. Like, because Noah, on average, it's like even the heavyweights, like they're taller than the juniors, but not by that much. Yeah. Not like this size. Like Manabusoya. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, or like, like, but even Manabusoya, who's like one of the tallest guys there, like Tsuwama towers over him. Yeah. So, yeah, him just, and like, same with the Satos as well. So, them just kind of going in there and just destroying Hiroki was like really good. Like yeah. it was really fun to see, and uh, you know, I, I agree that it exceeded my expectations. And we also got a nice preview, uh, or rather, we got a spoiler for something that will later happen in Noah then as well after the match. Uh, what was that? Well, what happened after the match was over? Oh, uh, Keno got put in a body bag. Yes, so that means Keno is winning the N one. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good. Uh, I think that's uh, can run with some good luck if you get stuffed in a body bag like a couple months before a tournament. Very clearly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they carried Keno out, and then they like cut a promo backstage with like Keno in the body bag lying on the ground in front of them. <laughs> yeah, and then and then they walked away, and then Keno just looked like he was taking a very peaceful nap until Hiroki took him out of the body bag. <laughs> Uh, I thought the Saitos looked actually pretty decent here too. Mm -hmm. um, I just think that like at some point, like the match did everything it needed to do and then it just kept going. Yeah. What do you but, mean? I mean, yeah, you know. yeah, no, I agree. But I I think the best part probably was, I think it was June Saito who just speared like Keno into oblivion. Yep. Well, there's also that spot where Keno moved out of the way and then like Ray splashed 
June, and then yeah. Keno did like the PFS off the top onto both of them. Yes. <laughs> no, Keno, Keno, as always, was the highlight of the match. Oh, Keno was over as like a baby face. Yeah. I should add. I didn't expect on... him to get this many like re- reactions from an All Japan crowd. No. Yeah. Uh, should add the crowd was great on this show. Yes. No, uh, yeah, from the yeah. very first match, which was a very good, smart thing, because you put in like an interpromotional match to start the show, it got them hot mm-hmm. early. Because mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if there was like at least some like more like New Japan fans at that show. Oh, there definitely were. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, you, you got the crowd hot, and then it st- like stayed hot like all night long. As yeah, no, I think that's actually something now that we're kind of like. Basically, because Japanese crowds are kind of different now. Like, I think in that way, like, they kind of need to, like, do more stuff like that, where they actually have, like, an opener that really gets the crowd hot now. Yes. You can't you just throw to. it like a, a young boy singles match. You actually need to, like, give people something to sink their teeth into. Absolutely. You have to, like, heat them up a lot harder at the beginning uh, and everything like that. No, uh, and all Japan has been good about that. Like, like yeah. them throwing out, like, Kento first literally as the first person out of the well the funny thing the was i thought that the crowd was sort of hot when they were doing the big like kono versus soy introductions and then they quieted as the match went on <laughs> yeah yeah it's actually now that i think about noah has actually been doing something similar as well and it's been working pretty well for them but they like send out kano to, to yes. cut a promo at the beginning of the show yeah that's Perhaps that's not just to kill time when your wrestlers mysteriously disappear. No, yes, I, because that, that was very reasonable when we expected that. But he did that at the show on the first day as well. So I was like, oh, maybe that is like an actual thing. And that crowd was great. So yeah, like that seems to be working. Speaking of heat, Tetsuya Naito and Bushi defeated Kento Miyahara <laughs> and Yuma Anzai in seventeen seventeen with a destino from Naito on Anzai. I mean. This was like almost a spectacle in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, long ass entrances from both teams, <laughs> of course, because of Kento and Naito. And then Naito, yeah. you know, gingerly like removing his suit. And then Naito stalling, of course, because he's avoiding like locking up with Kento, tagging in and out to Bushi. And then they finally lock up, and then like it's like a really fun match. And then the last few minutes of Anzai and Naito are great. Like Anzai mm-hmm. gets like a two point nine on Naito to the huge like crowd reaction, and then it like didn't didn't it take both like Naito and Bushi to finally put Anzai away? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, Bushi hit the uh, whatever he calls his like code breaker thing. Yeah, and then he like dove onto Miyahara on the outside as well to like keep yeah. him out. Yeah, so Anzai looked good in defeat. You got your first Kento, and because I'm pretty sure they'd never met before, I, I couldn't find anything. Don't, like, I don't think where they even would have. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, I mean, it was it was awesome. I mean, it, it's like it was a spectacle match. Like, I mean, the work was good on the in the later half of the match, but like you have to take in the whole thing as like the stalling and the character work. Oh, and Kento like hawked the biggest fucking loogie in Naito. <laughs> Did you see how big that was? Yeah, no, he he went deep on that. He got some flag on that. Yeah, yeah. So you know, if you like when Ka- uh, Naito and his opponents spit on each other, also this match is for you. Yeah, that that's but definitely I mean, a sign that we're post COVID now. Yes. Yeah, and the oh yeah, because uh, Kento got misted by Bushi. Yep, that too. 
and everything like that. So, I mean, you know, if you are a Naito fan, you have to see this match, I think. And I, I need to say, I actually did, like, they got me very briefly. Yeah. Like, I think they might actually do the absolutely insane thing here and actually have anti pin Naito. Because <laughs> Naito, Naito delayed that kick out until, like, literally, like, the last millisecond. Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. So yeah, yeah and then after that, it was clear who was what, what was going to happen. But yeah, no, that that was pretty good. Semi main. Uh, uh, do you have any uh, idea what Miyahara said on the mic after the match? Like, was it t- continuing to tease stuff with Naito, or I don't know? I, I have a feeling that, that that's what he was doing, and I mean, that might not be like that. Might be also like a good thing for like all together, where you do yeah. like Kento, yeah. Yuma, and like. Someone else, maybe Anzai versus Naito and like Shingo and uh, Hiromu or someone. Yeah, because I was listening for them for Kanto to say like all together or something, but he didn't say it. So yeah, I I was very much listening to that as well. I was like kind of feel like felt like that might be something they might do for that because that yeah. would make a ton of sense. Oh, for sure. And then in the main event. Champion Carnival Final, Shotaro Washino defeated T-Hawk in 26 minutes and 45 seconds with the ankle hold. He did it, and once we knew this match was happening, it was like, I was like, you know, 100%, not a shred of doubt that um, Ashino was winning this, but mm-hmm. and I thought, I even went as far as making a prediction of Ashino making the finals, but him winning it all, I was definitely a surprise. Yeah. From where we were a month ago. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it went from the body back to the Champion Carnival, like, whenever. <laughs> like, I, I, like, I remember at the end of the, yeah, at the last Ota Award show where Nagata won the title. Or not the Ota Award, uh, uh, Corrigan, where Nagata won the title. And uh, all of the Champion Carnival participants came out after that, with one exception. Yeah. And it was Shotaro Ashino because he had just been put in the body bag by voodoo murderers and just carried out. <laughs> and remember when, when like we were like thinking about okay, what, what does this mean? But like what does happen from here? Does he actually join voodoo murderers now? And it's like, nope, they just never followed up at it. And then, then we're just like, no, he's just gonna win the champion kind of. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh so as far as the match went, I thought it was very good. I went four and a quarter. I just I mean, they used the time while it was hard hitting. I just, there's something about it that just didn't feel like it was like match of the year level. No. But they got close. But they, they, they did, they did. I mean, it was a great match and I, and I think it, it accomplished what it needed to accomplish and everything, but it's not going to be on my top 10 of the year. No. One thing I'm curious about, like, was T Hawk just really good at selling the leg or was his leg actually like a little bit fucked for parts of the match? Because they didn't really do a lot of like, like they did a lot of like standing and chopping each other's spots and everything. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. So, but yeah, no, it was still really good. I mean, like standing and chopping is something that Tiog is like very, very good at. So yeah, and Ashino Ashino can do that too with like the the upper the European uppercuts and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I would say that it's just a shade below. Like if you think of all of the like highly lauded all Japan matches this year, like um, the tag title match mm-hmm. and like Kento and Yuma. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, those are like two that even like Doi versus Hayato. 
even Vodoy versus um, that's interesting. I don't know. I I, um, I like Doi versus Hayatum. I think I went four flat on a champion carnival final. So I like Doi Hayatum more. Okay, so uh, so it, well, I guess you could say it's in that sort of Hayato Doi level, like just below like the absolute top flight top, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think it's gonna make my top ten at the end of the year. But like it was still really good. But the crowd was like. Oh, Ashino was so over. Yeah, no, that crowd was most. And and the thing and is, Ashino played been... such a prick. Yeah, and Ashino, ha- uh, well, okay, so Ashino comes into the the company during the pandemic, right? So it's over two years of no crowd cheering with Ashino in all Japan. Mm-hmm. And then that very first Shinkibo that they had in, with with cheering, I think in November or or December, whenever mm-hmm. it was, he was incredibly over. And he's mean he's been incredibly over the entire time, Paul. So which leads me to this next comment. They have to pull the trigger. They have to do it. I mean it's now or never. It's now or never. He's he like I thought that he was permanently fucked. But they managed to rehab him. Mm-hmm. And if he loses this to Nagata, like he's not coming back as like a no. credible champion, uh triple crown champion. No, I mean it's also because at that point, like there's other people that are coming up that are like pushing yeah. into like spots that will be taken up. And Yuma, Yuma's right behind him. Yuma, yeah, Yuma's right behind him. Enza is not that far behind him. Honda is not that far behind him either. Yeah, like there's three people that are like strongly pushing towards like main event level right now. Three young guys as well. All younger like, than not him. That Ashino's younger than old. Him. Not that Ashino's old. Not that Ashino's old, but like yeah. Well, let's see. Uh... He's like 32, I think. Ashino is 33. 33, yeah. So His right birthday is actually there. on January 4th. <laughs> uh, and yet he could never I... get into that New Japan dojo. No. Um, <laughs> but, um, but so he's five years older than... Um, Yuma. Yuma. And he's... Way younger than like he's like ten years younger. Ten than Honda, years older Honda. than Honda. Yeah, ten years older than Honda. And like sim- around similar with Anza, I think Anza is like twenty. Anza is twenty three. Twenty three, yeah, so same. Yeah, so um, yeah. You know, so like got, it's now or never because yeah, because those guys are like yeah. gonna be they're not far behind them and they're gonna be mm-hmm. able to be around a lot longer. So, but I feel like if he wins now, that means he is also sticking around, like as a main yes. eventer after that. Absolutely. And I and... feel like that's probably that's probably the right thing to do for the promotion because you need someone as like a basically stopgap for those, or like as like a I don't thing I... to overcome for those three. Look, if if in my honest opinion, though, Ashino wins this, he gets a couple of defenses, mm-hmm. and at best, he maybe is a transitional champ again in, once in the future. I don't think he's yeah. a long term. Oh yeah, yeah. no, champion. no, no. I don't. I don't think he's like a long term. Like, but he still needs someone. Like, if if he wants to be like a credible guy for like a Honda to overcome in a champion carnival final, like four years yeah. down the line, he needs yeah. to be a triple crown champion. Yeah, absolutely. And also, here's my logic of where I think I see this. They got another Oda Ward Jim in June, right? Mm-hmm. What's the main event that they haven't done yet? Ashino versus Yuma? No, Ashino versus Kento for the Triple Crown. Oh, for the Triple Crown? Oh, yeah, right. They've never done that. Yeah. No. Because he only got shots against Uwama and Jake Lee. And he's only faced Kento in like champion carnival matches. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, and I that's mean, like a great that's like a great like statement win for Ashino. Yeah, before he drops it to Yuma. Yeah, I think that's what they got to do. Yeah, and it um, it immediately adds to Ashino's credibility. I mean, especially like if they were just gonna make this like a throwaway title offense for Nagata, I think they've done way too much work to build that up. Oh yeah. No, it's just like, they've been teasing that for a while now. That like there's it's some. Yeah. It's one thing to have Yuma win the champion carnival and not win mm-hmm. because of where he is and how old he is. Yeah. It's different for Ashino. Like the thing with uh, Jake, they had to put the title on him as soon as he won the champion carnival, right? And they did. Yeah. Yeah. Because imagine Jake didn't win. Oh, that. no. Yeah. You know, it would be even more of a geek than he even was by the end of his All Japan run. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I just don't, I mean, Trust me, I, I could see them having Nagata beat him. You know, mm-hmm. this is all Japan. Yeah. Um, but it just, it's so stupid on so many levels. No, and I think they also, I think at this point, we, they kind of need to like get some, like at least they got some stuff back now with beating an outsider in the Champion Carnival final, but they need to start getting some win. Like I like the feud that they're doing where like all of these invaders come into all Japan and they take all of their titles, but they need to like start like now is the time for all Japan to make its comeback and get its titles back. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Well, right. And I think they also need to make a statement to uh, younger wrestlers and outsiders that they may try to bring into the company that... There are opportunities here for you. Yeah. Isn't that that's something like Ashino said, like in the post-match promo, right? Where he was like, even smaller wrestlers have a chance in all Japan. Yes. Right. So I think it, it sends a message that if he wins a triple crown, right? It's not going to be a long reign or anything, yep. but he'll get a well, couple big defenses and yeah. then probably lose I mean, to beating Ken, Like even let's say this is just the title reign, right? Like he... He w- he beats Nagata to win the title. He defends it once, but it's against Kento, and he beats Kento, and then he loses Yuma. I think you already achieved your job. Yep, I think so too. But I think if he drops it, it'll be like after the Royal Road Tournament. But yeah, you never no, know. because Yuma's winning that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's the most obvious thing right now that Yuma's winning. I think I was even saying that at the beginning of the year, where I was like, I think Yuma's winning the Royal Road and then winning the title after that. Yeah, so like Ashino will get like maybe like two defenses. Yeah, which again, that's perfectly acceptable. So like I think you could run another defense against Suwama in in court. Yeah, yeah, that's actually the other one I have. I'm thinking about where like Suwama makes it because he's only ever beaten him once in the Champion Carnival, and there's like mm-hmm. a ton of history there. And so like, to actually, like Su- Su- Suwama, Suwama just coming in there and geeking him out 
leaves enough like is Ashino gonna win? Yes. yes. Especially especially because that would probably happen at around the exact same time when he did the, that same thing to Drake Lee a year ago. Yes. <laughs> it would be about a year after that. Yeah. Exactly. So no, I think that works. No, but I do think that they need to put the triple crown back on like a all Japan game. Because actually something I was thinking about about them just drawing terribly and Kurkin, but actually doing well everywhere else. Yeah. Is I think, and if, if I remember correctly as well, there was like some sentiment in like Japanese fans online after Nagata won the Triple Crown, where I feel like they're drawing, because Kurokin is like a hardcore crowd, right? Like yeah. generally speaking. I think they kind of pissed off some of the hardcores, and that's why the Kurokins have been shit. Uh, yes, I think that there, I, I don't know how much you can extrapolate that, but there are absolutely uh, fans in Japan on Twitter that are not always happy when these outsiders win these big matches in all Japan. And putting that and then having someone like Ashino that is clearly like a hardcore favorite yeah, be the one to beat Nagata, I think is then the right call to like kind of like be there like, hey, come back. We need to sell 300 more tickets. To also, Ashino will walk into all together as champion. That's going to be a fucking weird setup if it's going to be like Ashino, Yota Suji, and Jake Lee. <laughs> is, is, is that show after Dominion? Yeah. Okay. Because Dominion is at the beginning of June. It's like third or fourth of June. Okay, yeah. Of fifth. That yeah, is, it's uh... definitely like it's it's early June, so that show is gonna be like after Dominion. That's gonna be a weird setup of because JT doesn't have a title defense until then, so he's definitely gonna walk into that as CHC champion. Yeah. Um if Sonata does retain it's going to be three all Japan or three like wrestle one slash all Japan guys. Yeah. That, 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 that's also going to be a weird setup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a weird sub weird setup regardless, because even if Nagata wins, then Nagata walks into that one as triple crown champion. Yeah. Which is like, I could see that too. Yeah. Because of a show like that, Nagata being the champion. No, but I, I do feel like, I think, pulling the trigger now on Ashino, like, I feel like maybe there was actually, like, a because, again, they never had any crowd reactions to go off of. Yeah. And then crowds are allowed to make noise again, and Ashino comes back from his injury, and he is super over, and they're like, okay, you know what? Maybe we should actually pull the trigger on this guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, they went to the... Remember, they went to the effort of doing that, teasing that Nagata and Ashino stuff on that show, on the Corican earlier in the week. Yeah. So, so, like, like I said, is... there's way too much effort put into this for this to just be Nagata hits the backdrop and just pins Suji after like 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah now, sure. watch that be exactly what happens. Yeah, I know. Uh, so, uh, during the, in- the uh, longest intermission, uh, All Japan announced a bunch of more matches for upcoming shows. I think some important, interesting stuff coming up is uh, on May 13th. In Toyama, Ryuki Honda versus Manu Busoya. Paul, do you think it's possible we're getting a GOA versus Congo match after they beat Suwama and Kono? I mean, maybe, but that would mean that Ishino isn't winning. <laughs> no, this is all Japan. You can be the champion and challenge for the tag titles. I mean, yeah, but I don't... Oh, you think that actually that Congo is still winning that one then? Oh, yeah, it'll pin Honda. Oh, yeah, okay. I mean, in that case, yeah, sure. Um, because I don't think they're going to make Ashino a double champion. I don't think yeah. they're going to go that far. 
Yuma Aoyagi and Asuki Aoyagi versus Naruki Doi and Hokuto Omori. And then the memorial match that had already been announced. Shuji Shikawa, Kento Miyahara, and Yuji Nagata versus Suwama, Satoshi, Kojima, and Tako Omori, all former Triple Crown champions. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to this. May 14th already announced Yuma Aoyagi and Atsuki versus Atsuki Aoyagi. I think that's their hometown. Yeah, Nagano is their hometown. Yeah. Listen to this. Didn't Paul. they do that last year as well? I think so. Paul, this is a match I never knew I want. I never knew I wanted. Dan Tamara versus Satoshi Kojima. <laughs> yeah, that was the other one where I got tipped off that oh yeah, no, Dan isn't winning because he's not gonna drop out and you junior champion to Satoshi Kojima. But that's gonna rock, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh May 18th at Shinkiba. Paul. This is the new announced match. Manabu Soya versus Suwama. That's a lot of history, actually. Any <laughs> Suwama match in Shinkiba these days ends in a no contest. Uh, yeah, and that is still in May. Yeah, so he's yeah. still going to be... It's three uh, days before the title match. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that, that definitely there's like It's going to be some barricades thrown, and yeah. It's yeah, get and reviewed. as we already mentioned on the last show, uh, the Colors and Evolution uh, women's tag match may 29th at Corican hall this is where nagata will be challenging ashino but we're also getting yuma anzai versus ryuki honda and i'm really curious about the outcome of that one because normally uh, it's like oh yeah the young boy's losing i don't know i mean could you have anzai challenge for the triple crown during this ashino reign if ashino wins i mean if you just yeah, I mean, that would be like an, like I said, if you actually want to like set up Ashino as like this guy that is like someone that Anza needs to overcome long term. Maybe Anza's already beaten Ashino. that early. Oh, I mean, shit, I forgot. Yeah, he did. That was his last lo- loss in the, in the traffic carnival. Which makes Never it. Mind. I don't know, oh, man. Gotta, oh, I think yeah, you just pulled it tri- in a tournament on a triple crown champion. One of the few ones. Possible triple crown champion. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I think Anzai versus. Ashino is a match you could do during that reign if, mm-hmm. if Ashino wins. Yeah. And then uh, Kento Miyahara and Yuma Aoyagi versus uh, Minoru Suzuki and Hokuto Omori. Uh, in, on June 11th at Fukushima, at the Big Pal at Fukushima, uh, they haven't announced their matches, but the special competitors are Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima, uh, Yutaka Yoshie, Asushi Onida? who apparently has not actually vacated the all asia tag titles i mean yeah i mean if it's just like a short thing and then he's just going to be back before the next title defense is yeah scheduled like it would have been silly to strip him yeah uh musashi and ren ayabe and uh we have an all japan ajpw tv six-man tag team title match paul this sounds atrocious <laughs> takao mori black menso ray and uh atm Versus Black Tiger, Gorgeous Matsuno, and Aizawa number one. Why is, why does, I really want, like, why does fucking, it's so bad. It's the worst Black Tiger ever. <laughs> the worst Black Tiger ever, absolutely. He really is. I would literally rather have Nosawa Black Tiger back. Oh, or, I sure. mean, Black Tiger 7, whoever <laughs> that is. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Shitaro Shino and Ryuki Honda versus Minoru Suzuki and Hokuto Omori. And then yeah. on June 15th at Corican Hall, we've got Minoru Suzuki, Hokuto Omori, and Naruki Doi versus Kaz Hayashi, Satoshi Kojima, and Taiokea. Mm-hmm. That is some pro wrestling love uh, reunion right there. <laughs> and curious, they've announced this Taiokea match, right? 
Yeah. But he he has two matches and they didn't announce the other one. No, they didn't announce anything on that Oda War on the 17th of June. Yeah, but you know what I'm feeling like? We're going to get the return of partisan forces. Yeah, I think that's very possible. Where Tayokea like turns on the others and then teams with Suzuki on the Oda War show. Oh, you think so? Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That does make sense. Uh, okay, so on May 5th, Evolution uh, held their second show, Hatage, Hatage at uh, Shinkiba Fruce Ring. Uh, Maya Yukihi defeated uh, Chichi in 12 minutes and 14 seconds with a sliding kick. Uh, May Saruga defeated Sunny in 10 minutes and 24 seconds with a foot stomp. And Hiroyu Matsumoto defeated Zones in 14 minutes and 28 seconds with a Texas Cloverleaf hold. Uh, if anything services, I will let you know. <laughs> Even though all those matches highlights. sound, all of those matches sound like great uh, matchups yeah. for them. Oh yeah, no, I think Marisa Ruga was Chichi probably would be the one I would be like most interested in actually seeing. I yeah, I think the one with Saruga would be like the the perfect uh, sort of like high speed style matchup. Mm-hmm. Paul, did you watch the Saito brothers in Great? Uh, the one versus Bulk Orchestra, right? Oh no, 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 no that was just where they appeared. Uh, no, I haven't done, no. So I watched it before we uh, watched the show. It, they took on the team of uh, Minoru Tanaka and Yu Izuka. Uh, it was okay. Um, the, like, the first half of the match, it was like about 10 minutes. The first half of the match was them just beating up Minoru Tanaka, which was, you know, whatever. And then the last couple of minutes against uh, like uh, like Ray and Yu Izuka was actually kind of good. So, you know, I wouldn't say you have to go out and rush out and see this, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm sure that like size difference was fun to see though. Yeah, but uh, as I said this before, I don't think the Saitos work against smaller guys that well, which is counterintuitive because you think, oh, well, they'll just bump around a lot. But yeah. they work best when they're running into other large men. Yeah, true. Yeah, they work best when they wrestle like Honda or Suwama. Yeah. Um. So that is all Japan and the world of all Japan. Uh, Paul, I think that they're writing. The most momentum they've had in quite some time right now. Yeah, no, no, especially doing that great number, like actually going with a fresh. Because I mean, the Champion Carnival was not bad, but like I can only give it what like a six point five or a seven out of ten for the block stuff. Yeah, it was it was solid. There was nothing really blow away in any of the block matches, and even the final, like it it was a good final, but it also was like a step below like other Champion Carnival finals. I mean, there have been worse carnivals with better finals. Yes, no, the 2021 for sure. Yeah. Uh, so that's that. So, Paul, we decided, why not? Some Big Japan. Are you ready for some Big yeah. Japan? Yes, Paul, I how am. Much, how much Big, big Japan, Japan is been... back. Yeah, Big Japan is back, baby. How much Big Japan have you been watching as of late? Not a lot. <laughs> I've only been be... watching any astronauts tag matches that have yeah. any kind of hype. That's all I've been watching. I've really kind of fallen off. Like 2018, they were actually like Big Japan was one of my favorite promotions that year. Oh, for sure. It was so good. And then they just fell off a cliff completely. So I think I'm going to uh, start watching more Big Japan. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, I think now, definitely I, like the strong division at least. Like I think we'll get back into this, but there are still some problems with the company. No, they're absolutely. That's, the, that's one of the big issues why Big Japan fell off so hard was. The strong division was always solid. It was the deathmatch division that just became actually well, just the strong division also did bad. become a little repetitive. Yeah, but and I think they have something. I think they have something here. Yes, 
Yes, they do. And like, I mean, with all due respect to Yasufumi Nakanoe, but like, <laughs> he's not strong BJ, nor is he really uh, Yuya Aoki either. No, no. Um, yeah. Although Hashimoto sort of came into his own, Daichi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so first up, to open the show, Ender Kara, uh, Chikarito Shoki and uh, Kazu Masa Yoshida defeated Kazuki Hashimoto, Tatsuhiko Yoshino, and Satsuki uh, Nago in 11 minutes with a bloody Sunday uh, on Kara on, from Kara on Yoshino. Uh, this is my first time seeing Ender Kara. He was pretty solid, I thought. And this is a good opener. Like, the is a junior six-man that you wanted to, like, mm-hmm. heat up the crowd with. Yeah. No, I, I really like Ender Kara. Like, I've seen him a couple of times. Uh, he is from Sweden. And, uh, yeah, I've seen him in WXW uh, at the 16 Carat last year, where he was at the... Uh, where it was at the ambition show. And I think he was like at the normal, like at the normal character show as well. But yeah, no, he was really good there. And then I've recently seen him in Berlin in G, uh, GWF as well, where he made his debut for that promotion actually. And they put him against Erkan Sulchani, who's like the tallest guy who's like legit, like two meters something tall. Like he's, it was a very big size difference. And basically no one really like, I knew who he was, but like it weren't really all that many people who knew who he was. And he just went absolute ballistic. Like he did that thing where like, you know how a guy just goes like absolutely insane for like the first like two minutes of the match and just really get the crowd like into him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he did that and just stayed over for the rest of the match. And no, I, I'm really happy that like, he like seems to have found like a, not a home, but at least like getting regular bookings from Big Japan because as a gaijin, that is like a really hard thing to do. Yes, it is, especially as a smaller one as well. Uh, definitely. Uh, is it because Great Kojika allegedly doesn't like foreigners, or is it because the the company has no money, or is it a little from column A and column B? I think it's a little from column A and a little from column B because I think I think a little less so now from column A because they basically book like no foreigners like pretty much at all for like a good chunk and i think now that kujika has very clearly taken a bit more of a step back like all of a sudden they start bringing in more foreigners and yeah so i think now it's just more column b than it is column a at this point mm-hmm. and then uh next up the welcome back barbed wire board death match i don't know who's being welcomed back here do you know no <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know any of them. I do know the people in there, but I don't know if any of them were like injured recently. Yeah, uh, Minoru Fujina, maybe I don't know. Uh, no, I don't. Yeah, Ryuji Ito, Takashi Sasaki, and uh, Daiju Wakamatsu defeated Minoru Fujita, Kankuro Hoshino, and Yuichi Taniguchi in 13 minutes and 12 seconds with a diving Bakachiga elbow drop from Wakamatsu on Taniguchi. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, you know. It was a match. It was fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you see the belt that uh, uh, Kankuro Shino brought out with him? I did. Do you know which title that is? Is that I, that I Canadian know, but I'm title? Wondering... The what? Is that that Canadian title? No, uh, that is the Yokohama Six Man Shopping Street title. Oh, okay. The most infuriating title in all of wrestling history to keep track of. Yes. Because Big Japan is utterly terrible at reporting results where this title gets defended. So it disappears for like months. And then all of a sudden, a different team pops up holding the belt. And Big Japan just never reported the result of the title match. So we had no idea it changed hands. 
<laughs> Drove me insane for a while. So, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, no. you know, this was, you know, I don't know. I didn't like it that much. No, no, no. This was, it was really like, not all of them, but most of the death matches were like just pretty forgettable on the show. Uh, next up, uh, Ryota Hama, Yasufumi Nakanoe, and Andy Wu defeated Daisuke Sakamoto, Daichi Hashimoto, and Daimonji So with a, dive, a diving elbow drop uh, from Nakanoe on So. Okay, so I mean, I thought this match was mostly just there. It was perfectly acceptable six-man mm-hmm. tag team wrestling. But I got to say, I know that uh, Daimonji So has like become a Big Japan regular and has even challenged a couple times for the strong title. He's gotten pretty good, and he's like dramatically improved his look. Yeah, no, no, no. He is definitely. I think he's, I'm happy that he kind of got away from the whole like Lance and crowd. Yes, because that's just going nowhere. Like, oh God, no, yeah. He had to strike out on his own because he had the size. I thought he had the talent whenever he would pop up in all Japan. So he's actually like, you know, making those strides now. Yeah. Uh, and he, so... and if he turns into something, Big Japan will give him a chance. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the one advantage of being in Big Japan. Right? It's like, at least they're like, because they're desperate, they're willing to like give people chances. Yes. Next up was the Yokohama, uh, Saikyu Budokai TLC deathmatch. Masashi Takeda and Masashi Takeda and Takumi Sukamoto defeated Michio Kajiyama and uh, Yusaku Ito in 11:35 with the reverse U crash from Takeda on Ito. Uh, this was uh, not um, the best Takeda deathmatch I've ever seen. No, this was all just sort of there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's the thing against Takeda. He still has like high end stuff and like freedoms and everything like that. But you know, just everybody else in Big Japan Death Match Division is just not doing anything. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it also like if if it's just like a random undercut death match, like, I get why people don't really want to work that hard on those. No, but then that's like the double thing is like okay, when you work when you don't want to work hard in a death match, that's worse than not wanting to work hard in like a normal match. Yeah. yeah. And you're still like bleeding all over the place. So it's even weirder <laughs> that you're like not really doing anything. However, I think things changed in the deathmatch a bit here. Iron Cage yeah. deathmatch. Yankee Tukenju, Asami Kodaka, and Yuko Miyamoto defeated Kazumi Kakuda and Yuki Ishikawa. No, not that Yuki Ishikawa. In 13 <laughs> minutes and 17 seconds with a diving double knee drop uh, from the cage by Kodaka on Ishikawa. Oh, this was a ton of fun. And yeah. like, Kodaka and Ishikawa were doing crazy shit with the cage and like I thought Ishikawa was sort of the star of this match. Yeah. No, I, I really love that like not that Yuki Ishikawa became a deathmatch guy because it's like so like the opposite of the other one. <laughs> yes. Definitely. The perfect like opposite. No, but th- this was awesome. Like I think Yan- I mean Yankee to Kendra are just an amazing tag team, always have been, still are. Mm-hmm. And no, oh, they they did some crazy stuff in here as well. Like I was actually kinda I felt like they didn't really involve the cage all that much, but then they used it perfectly for the finish. Like mm-hmm. that finish was like really, really nice where uh, Yuko Miyamoto's in the cage and then uh, basically it was, uh, who was it again that clapped on top of it? Kodaka dived off? No, 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 before Kodaka dived off. Uh, when Yuko Miyamoto was like in the cage and he shook the cage to like 
make the person collapse on top of the cage. Wasn't it Ishikawa? Yeah, oh yeah, right. That was Ishikawa. Yeah. So yeah. basically Ishikawa's on top of the cage. He's about to dive on Kodaka. And then Miyamoto is in the cage and he just like shakes the cage uh to make uh Ishikawa fall over and he just climbs on top of the cage and he just does this like just no fucks given just basically he did not really like look at all like how to like you know how sometimes when people then they do like a hurricane run off the top they like really make sure that everything is like set up perfectly yeah. before they do it no he just climbed on top and he just did it like he just <laughs> climbed up and just hit him with a like like basically the second he got on top of the cage he just immediately just did the like hurricane runner off the cage just yeah. in one fluid motion that was great and then idaka climbs to the top and just yeah just the knee drop like off the cage for the finish uh, onto Ishikawa. No, that was like, that was really, that was a really great finish. Yeah. And so uh, that was the best death match on the show. Oh, yeah, by far. Not even close. Okay. So next up for the Big Japan Junior Heavyweight title, Kaiji Tomato defeated Kota Sekafudo, Sekafuda in 17 minutes and 32 seconds with the red eye, ending. Um, Sekafuda had like quite the reign here. Mm-hmm. Uh, a long one. Uh, let me just see here because I was looking at this earlier. Um, he was champion for 651 days. Oh, yeah, and he made like uh, 11 defenses of the title. And I so, beat, who did he, I think he beat like Yuya for the title as well? He right? beat Kodaka for the title on oh, Kodaka. July 22nd, 2021. Wow. Um. So this is all going on when I'm not watching Big Japan, but Sekafudo, and I went back and I looked at some stuff. Sekafudo is really good. Yeah, no, he's become really good. Like he was more of a like a like a comedy guy, I think. Like last time I watched Big Japan, but yeah, he he's grown like a ton as a worker since. Uh, he's short even for a junior, but he's like thick. Yeah, and he does like a very like you know fast paced power style. Yeah, no, no, he he he's definitely come like a long way. I mean, that's like even the thing, like, because I remember like back when the big Japan, like junior division was introduced, everyone was like, oh, I don't know about this one. But I think like it's actually kind of secretly been like one of the better things the company has actually had in recent years. Yeah, I'm just looking here. Oh, there's a match from uh, February 12th of him and Abe against Seka or uh, yeah, Abe versus Sekafuda. That's got an 8.36 on cage match. So I might have to track that down. Yeah, that does like that might actually be up on core right now. <laughs> by now yes <laughs> well yeah i mean that's another reason i mean i might even be willing to like pay for core if it like could upload in like even 24 to 48 hours yeah i, I would even be happy if it was like within a week yes and not three months later yeah yeah that's the that's the big thing why i don't pay for core yeah i'll give him seven days core. i what? i paid for i was i signed up for core day one and i actually had it for quite a while until i was just like I don't know if I want to watch these shows from like four months ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't know. I don't think Tomato is going to be a long-term champion. No, that that also feels like transition to like but whoever, I like the next guy. don't know what's going on. In the, and I'm just looking at these names. Like he defended mm-hmm. mostly against outsiders. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm just looking here, like defended against like Ultimate Spider Jr., like um Brahmin Kai. Oh, and I'm not wearing my Ultimate Spider Junior shirt right now. Isa eight. 
Takato Nakano is Bizarra. Um, oh, he defended against Kazuki Hashimoto. Yeah. But, you know, so I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's someone that's like an obvious um, guy. Yeah, I, I, or, I, I you think know who it might be? One, I think he gets uh, one defense because I think Endakara is challenging him next. Oh, okay. Kazumasa Yoshida. Yeah, that would, yeah. He's like young, isn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's the who would be the next sort of longer term guy. So I guess so. But you can watch it to see what happens with the junior heavyweight title in Big Japan and everything like that. But mm-hmm. uh, Sekafuda was uh, he's really good if you haven't seen him. Yeah. Next up for the Big Japan Tag Team Title, Takuya Nomura and Fuminori Abe defeated uh, Takuho. Kato and uh, Hiroyuki Suzuki in 17 minutes and 8 seconds with the full dragon suplex from Nomura on Kato. This was awesome. This is the second best yeah, match of the show. Amazing. Yeah. Just like Kato and like Nomura were like the stars of this. Just duh. Just kicking the shit out of each other. <sighs> Nomura, like, I felt like Nomura was even more vicious than he normally is. He just yes. beat the absolute shit out of Kato. <laughs> yeah. Just like um... those slaps were like legitimately like like on the level it's like you know it's the work, right? No more like <laughs> did someone forget to tell you. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh given uh the I, I know that people are uh, having some debates about tag teams. People have noted that like FTR and the Bucks have not wrestled a whole lot this year so far. Mm-hmm. And people bring up like Aussie Open and Bishamon. But you, I think you got to put astronauts in the 2023 tag team of the year conversation. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Like every time they pop up anywhere, like they're absolutely amazing. But Just I went four, four and a half on this. This was incredible. Like, I'm actually sad because they're, uh, so they're going to be in the WXW uh, World Tag Team League later mm-hmm. this year. And I'm not going to be able to go. Oh, no. Yeah, no, I'm going to be on a work trip to Ireland. Who else is in that tournament? Uh, they were, they're like the first team announced so far. Oh, okay. So I guess it'll be yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's It's a while off still. Like, it's at the end of September. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that sucks. <laughs> well i'm i mean i'm gonna be away during forbidden door you know so. yeah that's 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 actually i think that might be worse because at least i don't live close to where like wxw <laughs> is running right so right like, Essen, Essen, like that's like a five-hour train ride for me but like yeah. you're literally like around the corner from forbidden door and you're just like nah i'm gonna go somewhere else <laughs> well i have a vacation planned already so yeah what can i say <laughs> Uh, uh, before it was pl- in the pl- it was planned before Ferdinand Door was announced. Um, so next up, Big Japan Heavyweight Title Yokohama Explosion Jungle Death Match. Abdullah Kobayashi defeated Hideyoshi Kamitani in 18 minutes and 19 seconds with the diving Bakachinga elbow drop to win the title again for God knows how many times he's won <sighs> that title. Um, six his sixth death match heavyweight title win. Only um, felt like like the five hundred. Yeah, that ends uh, Kamatani's two hundred and forty nine day title reign. Yeah, I mean, um, at least it's stronger than his like strong BJ title reign. Uh, how long was that? That was like hundred and forty something. Oh yeah. Um. So I mean, it wasn't horrible, but 
it wasn't great either. No. It was slow. Hopefully, this means it's time to pull Kamatani out of the deathmatch division. He seemed yeah. like a stopgap measure, but you've got he he's more needed in the strong division. Yeah. And he's like a guy that you can like have like challenge Yuya or yeah. And he can like run through Okami and everything to establish himself. So yeah, I, I don't, are... like I don't like I just like I'm so done with Abdullah as the deathmatch area champion. Like I said, yeah, the deathmatch division has just been yeah, it it's been really weird because it peaked so high. Like it was like pretty solid always, and then just like in 2018 with that Takeda Ray, and it was just like actually genuinely amazing. And then mm-hmm. they 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 pulled the trigger finally at the Sumo Hall so on, at the Sumo Hall show in late 2018, where uh, they put it on uh, 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 Masaya Takanashi. And then I don't even know, like I don't even like they just felt that they, like they never went back to him afterwards. Like they gave him a decently long title win and I thought it was pretty solid and then he just took the title off of him and just completely depushed him like he had his entire like he had his faction and everything like the Jimmy Dory brothers with mm-hmm. Ueki and uh, uh, Sakuda mm-hmm. and like that was really good and then like all of that they just stripped it away and he just went back to Ryuji Ito who's, who's also like who's been washed for like a really long time mm-hmm. and he was washed in 2018 and he's still washed now and he's won the like the deathmatch heavyweight title like two times since then. So like it's not even just Abdullah that is the problem here. Like it's like people talk about Noah being like the promotion that just like puts titles on all the wrestlers. Like the big Japan deathmatch heavyweight like like division is so much worse for just sticking with the same guys and just refusing to move on to like new guys. Like it's and I think that's one of the biggest issues Big Japan has. If they actually went if they actually pulled the trigger on some of these younger guys and actually like develop them, like the de- like the like obviously like we as the Westerners, like we like all of the like Daisuke Sekimoto and like all of the like strong division stuff with like just big like beefy dudes just hitting each other hard. But like the stuff that big Japan like historically has been drawing on is the deathmatch division. And I think it's really like been more abound by just Abdullah and Ito just refusing to move on. Yes. Yeah, that's that's an issue. Yeah. So, so I don't I don't uh, know yeah, where yeah. it goes from like, here because it even drove away like it drove away like some of the younger guys like to uh, like freedoms like freedoms exist. Uweki. Like, yeah, Uweki is there. Sakura is there. Uh, Takeda. Well, I mean, Takeda's still around, but he's never. Takeda, been... Takeda is like, take, but Takeda was never signed to Big Japan. Like, even when he had his title reign, yeah. like he was. I think he was even a Freedom Sky back then. But yeah, no, I mean, but still, like, it's it, it's been an issue. Like, just well, like they had this really strong period, and then they've just completely just the old guys come back and take over, and it basically derailed the promotion completely. Yeah. That's uh, a very common problem in professional wrestling sometimes. Yeah. You know? So, yep. Uh, I don't know where the, the division goes from there. Or I mean, as long like as it doesn't go back to... Re- oh, God, imagine if they do Ito versus... They're probably going to do Ito versus Abdullah again. They might just... Why not? All right. But we still have one more match to talk about for the 
Big Japan World Strong Heavyweight Championship, Yuya Aoki defeated Yuji Okabayashi in 27 minutes and 47 or in, in 40 seconds with the Tiger Suplex hold to win the title for the first time. Uh, my God, this was incredible match. One of the best matches of the year so far. Four and three quarters. Just another yeah. war. It really recall because like, look in the strong division, there's some what younger guys they went like with Nakanui again, Hashimoto finally sort of grew into his own and had a successful reign, but like, there's still a lot of repetition, right? Mm-hmm. Like Okabayashi had just defended the title against Sekimoto <laughs> a couple weeks before this show. Right. So yeah. they, you know, um, they needed a new blood in that uh, title scene. And obviously they've been building Aoki up, since like on um, like two years now since he like left the junior division and mm-hmm. everything like that. So um and obviously Takuya Nomura finally won, although you can debate whether he got the reign he should have. Um but you know I mean but to be fair I also don't feel like Nomura is like the top like he he's obviously like a guy that you want to put him in events, but I don't think he's like a guy that can carry your promotion. Even in big Japan. Uh, more so than Aoki, or you think Aoki can carry? It I think I think they have something here. I think I think they have something here with Aoki. Okay. I think he's a guy that you can actually go forward with as like the ace of the strong division. Because mm-hmm. they need someone now. Because obviously, like they they've been going back to like the Okabayashi well. Yep. And like the I mean, like, I would say well, but... I would. I mean, some of these. Uh, Nomura and Okabayashi matches are incredible. But this really sort of, to me, calls back to 2015, 2016 with like Ishikawa and Okabayashi and Sekimoto and um, mm-hmm. and Kamatani. Mm-hmm. Like this, remember the match that Kamatani first won the title? Yeah, no, that was amazing too. And then, right, it sort of reminded me of that great. A, a bit. <laughs> yeah, but it sort of reminded me a bit of that too. Like the, yeah. the heat from, and then you're like just an utter brutal war that you know the the young guy won and became the champion and everything like that yeah yeah no but like to me yeah because now we like it's now or never like because i feel like they kind of chickened out on kamatani but it was because they had the safety blanket of like still having a peak daisuke sekimoto and luji okabayashi go back to yes and you don't have that anymore like okabayashi can still go but sekimoto's washed yeah and he's kind of done. like he can still like every once in a while he can still turn it on but like on average he's pretty washed at this stage you can't have him so, carrying the title exactly and i think also the advantage with yuya as well that he is like someone that is like very different from what they've had at the top of the strong division but that can still do that style as well while he still yeah. adds something completely new because they've never like big japan's never had a high flyer like a position like this right or someone that can at least do those sort of moves, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that he's like commander or something, but he's like he can do some like, like really crazy. Like he can do some high spots and everything, and get really get some excitement. But then he can also just stand in there and just deliver an absolute crazy chop fast with Okabayashi, like he did here. Yeah. But no, this match, this was this match was like absolutely amazing. Like I think. I'm really like I was. I'm still kind of bored, and I might need to rewatch it because I was flirting with full five on this one. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm right now. I'm at four point seven five, but I might have to bump this up to a five if on rewatch because because I was really tired when I watched this match. I watched the show yesterday, 
Mm-hmm. And I put, I started the show at like eight and since the show went on forever, like it was pretty much around midnight by yeah. the time the main event rolled around. So I was really, especially after that deathmatch title match, I was really tired. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but no, this, this was just, this had like, yeah, this had really everything I really want out of a title match. Like you had like the young guy, like finally, like he went in there, like with the legend, with the guy that has been like on top of the promotion, like forever at this point. Like really, like the, like even even more so than like Sakamoto as like the guy that is really like the the symbol of the promotion, really, or at least the symbol of like the strong division. And he just goes in there, and he just like stands up to him, and he like Yuji Okabayashi is like a literal mountain that Yuya Aoki has to climb to like overcome and finally become like the top guy in the promotion. And I think that's really what like the story of this was as well. It was like Yuya Yoki had to prove himself to Yuji Okabayashi to like become the champion here. Like I, I remember like that that like that whole like uh, thing that they did where Yuji Okabayashi was like at the top to like prepare for the Golden Slam, and then he, he like shoves up Yuya like what like four or five times, basically, and Yuya just refuses to like stay down. Like he just immediately knows like. Like he's just basically like staggering back up, like barely any power left because he knows if he's like even staying down for a second to catch his breath, mm-hmm. Yuji Okabayashi is going to like come down on him with the golem splash and the match is over. So he's just like, he gets shoved up and he just staggers back up every single time, just runs back to the top rope to like get Okabayashi out to like any, like by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, there were some crazy spots in here as well. Like I remember when Okabayashi was like, standing like uh, uh like next to the top turnbuckle and then uh aoki just drop kicks him and okabayashi just takes a flat back bump onto the concrete mm-hmm. yeah like, it's just crazy stuff just yeah no absolutely amazing match and i i have a feeling that this might this could potentially end up at the top of my match of the year list uh, but it will definitely be on the list. Like I, I have no doubt that when this year is over, this will be somewhere in the top ten, and probably in the top five, potentially at the top spot even. Yep, it's uh, it's that good, people. You got to see it. You absolutely yeah, have to no. see it. If if look, this show is like this, like the five is like what five hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you could fast forward. Yeah. I did, and it actually dramatically reduced the time. Yeah, I didn't because the way I watched it is I, I have this really wonky uh, media server setup going, but I can't really fast forward if I beam it onto my TV. So, mm. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so basically, I had to watch the full thing. I couldn't fa- I couldn't go back if I missed anything. I just had to watch the whole thing. Uh, yeah, and I couldn't fast forward either. So I actually just sat there for the entire intermission too. Uh, <laughs> it, that's why I told him I was really tired. I, I literally had to watch the entire thing. Um, so yeah, uh, no, but like if you watch anything from this, watch this. There's other matches as well I would recommend. Like definitely like the uh, tag title, the Yankee to Kenju, yeah, the Yankee to Kenju death match, the tag title match, the junior tag title match as well. I would say, but. Even if, but if you don't have time for any of that, you need to make time for this. Like, if you want to make like an actual, like proper year-end list of the top matches that have happened in the world this year, not just Japan, but like anywhere, you need to watch this. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, we forgot forgot to mention uh, this drew uh, 1,828 fans to Yokohama Budokan, mm-hmm. which uh, they did similar number last year, but it's possible that they discounted the tickets again. Yes, that that's what they did last year. Where like I think you could get like into the building for like what like 12 bucks or something. You can get it in the building for like 1,500 yen. Yeah, I think that that's what it was. Yeah, it was like super cheap. Yeah. So um. That works because their core. I mean, it it helped. Yeah, their core numbers. Their core numbers are still very dire. Yeah, like three, four. This was like six hurricanes for them. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, well, Paul, I think I think think it just helps perception to just have your new guy get put over in the front of a crowd. This yeah, yeah, for sure, absolutely, it was worth it. So, uh, I think we're gonna have to keep an eye, more of an eye on Big Japan. Yeah. No. Definitely, like I, I'm, I'm really invested now into this Yuya Aoki title reign. Now watch yeah. him lose it to like Daisuke Sakimoto in like two weeks. <laughs> All right, Paul. Any other closing thoughts? Uh, not much right now. But yeah, as I said, uh, Big Japan might get added a bit more to the rotation now. So uh, you guys can keep looking forward to that one because yeah. It used to be a promotion I really deeply loved and I actually know quite a bit about. So if it actually uh, becomes good now, I'm more than happy to add it more regularly to the rotation. Definitely. So um, it's going to be a, I mean, shows are going to be happening in the next week or so, but nothing major to be quiet. So probably the next time you uh, hear us, we'll be talking about that world tag title match with uh, Congo versus Voodoo Murders. Yeah, I have a really strong feeling I know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Paul, do you want to make that prediction and get it on audio? Oh, yeah. No, it's absolutely Keno and uh, Soya beating Voodoo Murderers and then Suwama, either at that show or like at the next All Japan shows getting kicked out of Voodoo Murderers. So Suwama will be a baby face by June 1st, basically. He will be a baby face when he uh, is teaming with Yuma and on June 3rd, I think. Yes. Yeah. And then the, he, I, that... he will do a baby face at that show. Yeah, there's a that, court on the 29th. Yeah, okay. Yeah, for sure. All right. So uh, we will see if that happens. So for Paul Bosch, I'm George Otoyo, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
Hi, my name is Tyler Fornis, and I am the co-host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hunky here on the Voice Wrestling Podcasting Network. Every week, my co-host Fred Moreland and I discuss all the happenings of all elite wrestling and everything going on in the universe of Tony Khan. We talk about Dynamite, we talk about Rampage, and we will talk about Collision when the time comes as well, along with all the appearances outside of AEW from all the best talents in all elite wrestling. This is one of the more cohesive wrestling companies in the entire world, and we discuss every intricacy about it, including the unique booking of Tony Khan that is both a huge positive and a major detriment. Check us out every single Thursday here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network.